What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, baby. Hello, my love. Uh, so we're doing something a little different this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, that different thing is that we don't have a foreplay. What? What? I know. I know there's probably going to be some people that are sad. But here's the reason why. Um, it's because this week we are um, we are publishing our live show. Oh, from, yeah. From the Stubborn Goat. Well, there was plenty of uh, good vibes there that got us all warmed up anyway. So Yeah, that's right. So so the reason why we're not putting the foreplay from the live show up is because there was a lot of like visual content. You kinda had to be there. It wouldn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Although, good news. You can watch it on Facebook thanks to Atlantic Live Stream. Thanks, boys, for coming out and setting up and making us look so damn good. I'm yeah. pretty sure you got Jeremy's good side. Yeah, you did. Uh, I made sure of it. Uh, <laughs> they, yeah, they were great. Atlantic live stream. They're awesome. They've been doing live streams for us and for Sick Boy Podcast, which is great. Um, and so if you want to see the whole entire show, go there. But today we're going to just put up the segment of uh, our guest, uh, Tia. Tia's been on the show before. She's incredible. Um, she's very well educated. She knows her shit. Mm-hmm. And she's uh, on the way to becoming a sex therapist. So take note because we could all use one of those from time to time, I think. Yeah, that's right. So uh, so we're going to throw this to you. Also, I want to put this out there. Uh, if you are new to the show, if this is the first time you've ever tuned in ever, 
maybe this isn't the best episode to tune into. You yeah, know, like, tune into one of our studio episodes. Yeah. That's the majority of our episodes are studio episodes, and they're a little nicer to listen to in terms of the intimacy of the conversation and just, you know. You just, get a little, yeah, you, you get wanna... a bit of a better gauge on what, what like a typical episode is like. Mm-hmm. This is a special episode. Mm-hmm. This is a, you know, we, we only get this every so often. Mm. Um, so huge thank you to the Stubborn Goat in Halifax for hosting us. Thank you, Goat. Huge thank you to Atlantic Livestream. Thank you, Livestream. And even more so, massive, massive thank you to everybody who came out to the live show. Some of our patrons were there. They were. Uh, that was awesome. It was so nice to meet you. It was really, really special. So we hope you enjoy this uh, this awesome conversation that we had with our friend Tia. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, just a regular old episode. Just a regular old couch potato, Jeremy and Bridie foreplay. <laughs> See you on the other side. <laughs> Listen to all of our episodes. We had Tia on in the first season. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, she's yeah. just such so bomb, so bomb that we decided that that she she had to be our guest tonight. So come right up on that mic, Tia, like as close as you, you pull that mic right up to you. Yeah, right up. I think I think I've deep throated this mic a time or two before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, deep throat round two. Um, uh, so good to have you back. Thank you. I think the last time that we talked to you, uh, we dived pretty deep into uh, a whole bunch of different things. Bisexuality was a big one we talked about. Um, and, and when yes. we did talk to you, you were about to start schooling for sex therapy, correct? Well, no, I, I'm um, in my second master's degree because I'm a sucker for punishment. <laughs> hey. And uh, it was in general counseling. Okay. And now, where, where are you at now? Um, I will be finishing my last two courses next month, uh, addictions and family therapy, what up? Um, <laughs> and then I'm moving to Victoria. British Columbia? British Columbia, where the liberals play, and hopefully so do all the hippies. I'm really fucking <laughs> excited, yeah. What's, uh, what's bringing you out to Victoria? Um, well, a lot of, so my current degree is really good for general counseling, um, principles, theory, and that sort of thing. I've had to do a lot of weird things with my projects to make them sexy. Uh, When they accepted me and they saw my cover letter, they were like, you know we have nothing for you here, right? And I was like, I'll make it. I'll make it my own. So I've done a lot of weird presentations and projects that my classmates have been like, what doesn't Tia talk about? So that's (laughs) been really interesting. So I think in BC, there's a lot of training in Washington that is more relevant to couple therapy and sex therapy. California is like the sex therapy uh, capital. Has anybody been to California? Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't. And I also haven't been to Victoria, so I'm moving there completely blind. Um, And yeah, I just think that there's more opportunity for me there because Nova Scotia is a little on the conservative side. What? What? There's no arts grants for sex-related podcasts? Podcast oh, projects? Yeah. <laughs> what? No. I, Weird. That's fucked up. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, there might be in Victoria or in BC. So I think there's just a little, like, my people are calling me. My partner's also out there right now. They're, uh, he's in the Coast Guard. 
which is a hot uniform PS for whoever <laughs> answered that uniform <laughs> question. Hey. Coast Guard, uh, that's the white one, right? With yeah. The, yeah, the number. With the Navy hat looking yeah. kind of hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that loosens up my butthole real good. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so he's out there. That's where he got stationed. So I'm going out there, and there's just a little more opportunity for me there, I think. So how long have you wanted to be a sex therapist? Since I saw Sue Johansson on uh, Sunday Night Sex Show. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My first degree is in gerontology, so I actually have an amazing affinity for older people as well. So an older lady with, like, little sex dolls was just, like, mind-blowing for me. I was so excited. I will never forget the the moment that I saw uh, Sue Johansson answering a question on... Um, and, and I, you know, I bet like a lot of people saw this too. It was so, some woman had wrote in about her boyfriend was was like demanding deep throat. He was like, the only way I'm gonna get a good blowjob is if you deep throat me. And Sue was like, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and she and, and I was like, oh my god. And she was and so she went into talking about giving like the ultimate blowjob and how deep throat you you really don't need to even like. You don't need to go close to that. And she started it. Oh, my God. She started, like, really in-depth talking about just spit all over the dick. Spit all over the dick. Get as much spit as you can on that dick. And then work both hands. Work both hands. And I'm like... (laughs) Are are we starting a fire or are we giving a blowjob? Well, (laughs) I will say this. I have a... uh, You say you have an affinity for old people. I have... Absolutely. I have, like, like, um... This is going to sound horrible, but please bear with me. I have a, a little bit of a phobia of old people. Oh, okay. Be, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean it in the, like, I don't like old people. I fucking like, love old people. lurking around. But I, I think I have, this, I have this fear of, like, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's due to, like, my, my illness or whatever, but, like, I have a fear of getting old. Okay. And so, yeah. and so when I'm around old people, I get really, um, I get really, like, kind of tensed up. Okay. But then watching Sue talk like in depth about this blowjob I was I was getting a little tingle in my dingle and it kind of like changed me <laughs> like it legitimately changed me yeah. my one memory of Sue Johannesson is actually her talking about anal sex really funny that we should like come back around to that but she had read a letter from someone who's like my boyfriend wants like intense like vigorous aggressive anal sex and she was like well I don't know. I'm, about, I'm worried. That she, clip is still that, on YouTube. She said, that clip I'm is worried. still on YouTube. I'm I used it in a presentation. The aggressiveness yes. of this anal sex. Yeah. yeah. Which is then when I went to Dan Savage and he taught me the stretching routine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that clip is still on YouTube, actually, if you Google or YouTube, Google, whatever. Um, uh, Sue Johansson, that t- clip is still on there. And I oh. used it in one of my last presentations oh I did in school. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's yeah. so good. <laughs> don't you weirdly want her to be your grandmother? <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. Does but. anyone here not know who Sue Johannesson is? Just by round of applause. Do you not know who that is? You you don't know? Becca. So I don't know. I, I she's retired now. I don't think she does the late night sex talk and anymore. And she's and she's a nurse by trade, so I'm not gonna be like even when she talks about that anal sex, like at that question, she's always talking about the dangers and the risks of tearing and abscesses and stuff, which is not 
where like my angle will be obviously it'll be like oh you don't want to do this actually it was the girl who wanted it she's like i'm the one who wants the her yeah she's like but i'm worried is it okay to do that so she was just like lube up girl and enjoy like essentially yeah for those of you who don't know who sue johansson is she is a look her up she's an icon she's an she's an old woman she's an old woman and she's been around for I mean, she's like, uh, I don't she's know, in like her 100, seven, She's in her 70s. Oh, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, you know, she's in her 70s. But she's been around, she was around like the late 90s, probably earlier, the 2000s. And she had this late night t- television show where people would call in with sex questions and she would answer them. And the show was called Sex with Sue Johansson. Um, and she's toured the world. She's gone, she talks at, she talked at schools. Um, but she, she has retired. She doesn't do it anymore. Um, she what? Does she sell oh, them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's all about sex toys. Like, she... She, she patents them. Oh. She has sex toys? It can be stamped with approval. I'd fuck that. Yeah, I would. I'm going to my Amazon Prime account right now. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Does anybody here have a Sue Johansson sex toy? Oh! Yeah! Okay, and do they have your stamp of approval? Yeah. Yeah, yeah how was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Sweet, amazing. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> okay, well, that's a good... If you, were to, if you were to have your own line of sex toys, Tia, mm-hmm. what, would you, uh, what would you specialize in? Oh. Huh. I, like, I don't think any person with a vagina can go without a vibrator at least once in their life. Like, a good solid, hard, <laughs> multi-dimensional vibe. Like that's, I think I would specialize uh, in vibrators. Are you talking it. like um, like a dildo vibrator or like a, like a rabbit, like a, a clitoral, like little... A little bit of A, a little bit of B, yeah. A and B. A and B. Uh, did you see the cactus? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I liked it because it didn't have eyes. Like the ones with eyeballs <laughs> freaked me out a lot. Like I look at this cute little dolphin and I'm like... And you're like, if my no, phone no. is looking at me all the time and yeah. recording yeah, who wants video. Yeah, to anthropomorphize their fucking sex toy? That's a little, Well, that's I did learn, weird. I did learn there's a culture, if you look up the culture that makes those sex toys, um, they're not allowed to sell them because it's a conservative culture, so they have ah. to put little faces on them so that they can pass borders. Like wait, the, wait, 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 what? Yes. It's not a sex toy, like it's, it's just like a, a toy. Chil- it's a children's toy, but we use them for our... You know, our, our bits. It has a face, so it's not really for sex. It's a toy. Like, Wait, is no, that, is no veiny detail is coming out of that country. I can't remember what country it That's is. That's only specific uh, geographical yes. areas. Yeah. I was wow, interesting. Kind of like the Hitachi. How many people have an Hitachi, the magic wand? <laughs> yeah, like, right. And, and you guys love them, right? So that, that, is, that isn't sold as a sex toy. It's, it's actually a back massager. And they don't want a little to be bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's all, it's also a butthole massager. I I found out. <clears throat> and like that dog toy versus sex toy thing. Like honestly, if it's a back massager, or it's like your seat warmer in your car, or it's a little thing with a face. It can be used as a sex toy as well. Wait, <laughs> do you use our seat warmer in the car as a sex toy? No, but here's the thing. I don't, but I always <laughs> want a massage, and I feel like massage touch. Uh, sorry, Kelly. I'm not. I'm not thinking about my massages with you. 
But I feel like Maybe. massage touch is really important for my body yeah. and probably for lots of bodies, but and most bodies maybe. But like when I put the seat warmer on in the car, I'll just sit in the driveway. Yeah. Car running. Yeah. Take I'm with videos you. of things happening around me. But like really, I'm just like relax. I'm like, this is the most pleasure I felt in a week. So. So yeah. I have this thing where when I sit on the, the bus, mm. um, <laughs> I can't not get hard on the Metro this Transit. This is why we have a car. This is why we have a car, because I didn't want the car, but Jeremy wanted the car because you can't get on the bus. Because I'm tired of getting boners in the public. <laughs> Weird bo- boners. And I, I know I'm not the only one on that, uh, gentlemen. What is it about the bus, Cause though? Because the, the bus, it like... It's a vibration. There's something about the... the like, and... Especially when you're sitting in the back of the bus, you're like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Can we... The back of the bus, you're just asking for it, really, I, I would say. <laughs> that, that's where all the, like, the cool kids went on their way to school. That's what that's I was going to say. Yeah. Why do all the cool kids get to sit in the back of the bus? Because they want to get so off happy. before they go to school. <laughs> yeah. So out of, the, out of the, some of the stuff that you're, you're studying, like, is there... All right, you're, you're going, you want to become a sex therapist. Yeah. Is there like a specialty um, or, or, or a, um, a sort of uh, like direction that you want to go where you specialize in a certain aspect of sex or, or relationship or, or is it like all encompassing? So I'm taking the back door on this one. <laughs> Very, uh, just to go with the anal reference. Um, so plan A was to go to uh, this great program at Guelph, and it's the couple and family therapy program at Guelph. And they accept eight people per year. And I did get an interview, and I was ninth. <laughs> so they oh. called me, and they were like, so you're really great, but eight people are greater than you. So we need you just on standby in case somebody backs out. And that was very heartbreaking. Um, so that was plan A. Plan B was like, fuck it, just get a counseling degree and then see what happens. Um, Guelph does have an intensive sex therapy training program for a week, so I can take that as well, um, and would be a certified like intensive clinical sex therapist. Uh, need a little more clinical experience. I did my practicum at a school uh, where I taught sex ed, so that's something. Um, I want to hear more about that. Let's absolutely, get to that absolutely. So I'm basically just all of my projects in school have been around sex or sexual dysfunction or couples issues. Um, so what I'll be doing is specializing in couples therapy. Uh, also, I'll be poly friendly, so I'll be like you know throuples and foursomes and more. Um, and um, and then there's uh, lots of avenues you can take even with that. So I'll be looking into PACT training, which is like attachment theory with neuroscience and like some um, arousal diffusion. It's very fun. What up. does that mean? Arousal dif- diffusion? So like the couples, couples therapy is based on the fact that like people are super fucked by the time they come to you and they're like super. Help. It's Help the last us. straw. Or not right? fucking, you know, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. So they're just like, they, everything sets them off. <laughs> so a lot of couples therapy is based on trying to get people to emotionally regulate their, like, check themselves so that when their uh, partner sets them off, they can at least, like, diffuse before they engage. Okay. So that's something, and, like, there's attachment theories huge in that. Um, we all have an attachment based on our parents. Does anybody know about attachment theory? It's no, huge. No, I, w- yeah. I, I want to know more. Yeah. So attachment theory is 
great. Um, and it's the basis for a lot of friendships and rom romantic relationships as well. So 50% of the population, y'all are normal. Um, you're securely attached, which means, yeah, normal, yes, <laughs> obviously. Um, so that means when your parents left the room, you were able to, like, do you and, like, play with the toys, play with the other kids. Um, then there are avoidant uh, people who are um, a little less of the population, but when your parent left the room you, and they came back, you were like, fuck you, bitch. I ain't talking to you ever again. Yeah, you left. Yeah, you left. And now you want to come back around. Right, right. right. So okay. think about yourself okay. in a relationship. Yeah. This still, this bleeds into adulthood, okay? Um, <laughs> oh, God. And then there is the smaller populace, which is um, anxious or ambivalent. And those folks are like, when their parents leave, they're a mess. They're just a mess. And when they come back, they're still a mess. And they're just like, oh, I don't know if you're going to stick around. So they're always like needing that validation and the kind of that reassurance. And then the smallest category is the disorganized. So they're kind of a little bit of column A, a little bit of B, but not secure. So they can be, sometimes they're anxious, sometimes they're super avoidant. It just depends on how they're feeling and how secure like the, the scenario is and that sort Interesting. of thing. Interesting. Yeah, it's huge. So Stan Tacton is a huge... Um, theorist in this so I'm dropping his name I'm reading his book now called Wired for Love and it's super cool okay. Wired for Love? Wired for Love okay. yeah yeah. so I'm reading that um, and the training is quite expensive but it happens in Washington so Nova Scotia doesn't have a lot going on in that regard so hopefully I'll be able to get my hand and my feet and my whole body in there and then I can specialize as a couple therapist and then just make a sexy name for myself out there I guess yeah. Bridie yeah. Where, do you, where do you think you fall within that? Uh, after hearing like those different sort of aspects of the way that people there are quizzes online you can take too that's a really good question yeah. I feel like I'm the one that uh, I had, had a bit of weird of, I feel like I'm in counseling right now I'm like I'm already welling up this is the way it always goes <laughs> when I go to counseling okay so I feel like when my parents leave the room I'm probably like huh what can I get away with now what does that make me hmm that's interesting. Well, I feel like that's a, that you willing to explore. I like my independence for right. sure. And I think poly folks would need to be a little secure in their attachment or you'd have a really, really rocky time. Mm. Doesn't mean that like you can't, you have to be secure to be poly, but I would say to make that transition easier, which is already difficult, yeah. um, it would be like you'd have like a, a one up on the comp like on that right. particular arrangement like I secure, know yeah. my parents care about me yeah. so I'm yeah. actually okay when they leave and but I it was more about thing. your needs being met were your right. needs met when you cried when you shit yourself when you ate like were all of those things taken care of in a timely fashion so uh, this is something I've been reading a lot about and you Q I roll I've been reading about the chakras and the uh, <laughs> I love the chakras do tell right do tell. are they yeah. not useful so okay useful. I get it okay super useful I yeah. get it okay I get it that it seems super airy fairy but also as an actor I like <laughs> to apply it as like a body and imagination thing so when I you know I, I'm sorry for the people who are in the room that come to my yoga classes and I drop this airy fairy stuff I like it um, and it's useful to me sometimes sometimes I make fun of it but um, the root chakra is has, has a lot to do with how you felt about yeah. your needs being met as a young person, yeah. as a and most of us don't remember that. Right. We don't know, right. and even it implies to like what happens in the womb. So, you know, you know, how did your mom feel when she was pregnant with you? Was she confident? Did she experience pleasure? Did she was she worried about her? You know, any whatever, whatever it affects you, and then when you come out, like here's the thing: it takes some investigation because I don't know. I assume. 
my needs were met. Like mm-hmm. I assume I was fed and comforted and changed and I, I had the things that I needed. But um, but they, you know, then this is where the eye rolling comes in. But it it also deals with inherited trauma. Like yeah. if your mother didn't feel safe yeah. in the world, yeah. then you can also have that down in your, in your yeah. you know. Inter, your, intergenerational trauma. Yeah. 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 Is that something that. Oh, that's a, that's something I'm I'm delving into a lot as well. Yep. Where's the science with inter inner what is it intergenerational intergenerational trauma? trauma? There's a lot of science on Holocaust survivor families. Of course, yeah, yeah. Oh, that wow, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 yeah, like people who are like, why am I fucked? And then like their grandparents were in concentration camps, right? right. And you can actually see the genetic markers change over time in, in a family. That totally yeah. makes sense to me. I mean, like think about adaptation, right? Or mm-hmm. like uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's so about as far quickly. as I can go. I'm, I'm not very Adapti- smart. Evolution? Maybe? I heard about You're adapt- adaptation. You're killing it. You're killing it. In grade 11 bio, so <laughs> what's up? <laughs> uh, one thing that, that you did, that sort of sprung up in my mind while you were talking about that was, um, I'm sure you are familiar with Esther Perel. Or Esther Perel. Yeah, she's amazing, right? She also charges like 2,000 grand for an hour. So when you get to that level, I'm going to be... Yeah, it's a... (laughs) (laughs) That's a big number. Uh, One of the things that she said... We saw her speak at South by Southwest. And one of the things that she said that I thought was so interesting was in every relationship, there is is somebody in the relationship who constantly feels like they're being smothered. And then there's somebody in the relationship who is constantly afraid that they're going to be abandoned. Right. And this, this dynamic f- flip-flops yeah. as the relationship sort of grows. Yeah. Which I, I, I thought about that as she was speaking about it. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's like, a paradox of anxious folks going after avoidant folks. And then it perpetuates their attachment style. So avoidant folks don't want to be stuck in a relationship and anxious folks need the relationship. They need I've it. I've also heard yeah. this referred to as the, um, oh, fuck, I'm going to fuck it up right now. Uh, the isolator and the, I don't know what the opposite is. Sorry. Anyway, continue. <laughs> that, that's it. That's well, it. I, isolator, I wanna... I'm the isolator. What does the isolator do? They isolate. <laughs> <laughs> That also could just be, like, more of an introvert. That's cool. That's healthy. Right. Okay. Yeah. It, it, not to say that any of this is unhealthy. Like, right. there's no right or wrong, no. I'm assuming, with all no. these different ways you can potentially identify. Um, just like orientation. What, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Turn Me On will be right back after this word from our sponsors. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Well, I want to take it back. You said something earlier that you uh, you were teaching sex ed. Is that now? When you say that, do you mean sex ed to like young kids, like grade six to grade twelve? Oh, so Woo! like legit sex ed in 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 elementary high yeah, school. Yeah, my my practicum was in. A private school in Nova Scotia, which I won't name, um, but it was awesome. And um, there's a lot of academic freedom in a private school. And when they saw that all my research was in sexual orientation, they're like, would you teach sex ed? I'm like, yes, I will. So I had a wicked time. That is my dream job. Yeah, it was amazing. It was great. Okay, I have a question about this. So I am am 30 years old. (laughs) Great. And when I was taught sex ed... It was by um, some teacher. It was grade eight. I feel like we covered. I, you know what? I don't remember jack shit. The only thing I remember we talked about was how much cum a man makes versus how much cum a woman makes. And she was like. Crucial she, information, folks. <laughs> crucial. Yeah, she, was, she, she held up like a tablespoon. She was like. Um, not, I swear to God, this is the only thing I remember. The tablespoon or a teaspoon was how much cum comes out of the male, is what yeah. she was saying. And then, and then she held up like a, a wine glass. And she was like, and that's how much comes out of a woman. And like, it was, you know, like some crazy amount. And I was just fucking shocked. Like, what? What? How does that work? Like, couldn't wrap my head around it. Anyway, that's the only thing I remember. I don't think she did a, a, a fantastic job. Because that's all I remember. That was the takeaway. Yeah, that was the takeaway. <laughs> but then, so I'm 30. I was like, okay, well, a few years later, stuff must have, like, evolved and got better, right? And then, uh, Becca, I hope you don't mind me saying this. Becca and I were talking not too long ago. And uh, uh, Becca's from the Valley. She went to Horton High. So is Mark. Sweet. Perfect. You guys should talk. <laughs> I actually, I did a presentation at Horton on consent. Okay, yeah. so Becca taught sex ed. Uh, clear, clarify this. Play us. Did you do play us? Y- you taught sex yeah. ed to yeah. who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, grade nine. Yeah. You taught sex ed to grade nine. 11 and grade 12. And you were in grade 11 and grade 12. Yeah. So they, got the, they were like, all right, we're going to get the grade 12s to teach yes. the grade nines yes. about how much cup cum fits in a, cu- a cup and a... <laughs> No. We did that, but no. with drugs. <laughs> yeah, dare, dare, yeah. So that, to me, that, sound, that sounds a little bit it, bananas. It, no, it was amazing. So I uh, was the guest speaker for the Play Us um, event this year. Um, what is Play Us? I don't know. Peers learning about? Young sex. <laughs> Youth and yeah. sexuality? Okay, Youth yeah, sexuality. that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so one of uh, my classmates did her practicum at Horton in counseling, and they were like, how do you feel about, or does anybody know somebody who doesn't mind talking to 250 kids? And my girlfriend was like, I know exactly who you need. Um, and yeah, I had like the grade nines all come to your beautiful auditorium and I got them really fired up about consent because I'm very casual. I mean... I'm very casual about my sex ed approach. Um, and I had a present. You're topless. You're like, hey, hey this is what tits, tits can look like. What's this going too. on? Yeah. So. I'm just going to talk for an hour. Up here. Eyes up here. Mine hardly okay. even moves. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of like a. So that was a, an amazing experience because they were 
jazz. Like, teachers were running up and down the aisles trying to get them to sit down because they were all, like, high-fiving each other. And, yeah, what no. the fuck? I had, I, it was so much fun. Like, I, I brought, I brought I just, Ja Rule like, in. Yeah, <laughs> I dropped a bomb and left. I was like, bye. And all the kids were super sweet, jazzed for sweet. lunch. Yeah. That's yeah. great. So that was, yeah, it, that is a great program. Like, when okay. I heard of that, I was like, thank you. Like, that's awesome. And so, okay, so, but the thing that blew my mind was, like, having grade 12s uh, teach grade 9s about sex. Yeah. But. They do their research. You can Google, ooh, you can Google anything. Oh, we got a mic drop. Mic drop. Mike, cook us up. You had nurses? Okay, so you guys, you guys were essentially taught everything that you needed to, to yeah, convey. Yeah, I guess when you think about it, it is kind of a good idea because you're having your peers or the people that those grade nines are looking up to essentially, uh, I, yeah, I think you're good now. I think you're back on. Woo. Or maybe not. Uh, give that a little mic check there. Mic check, mic check, mic check. Anything? Anything at all? No. We can share. All right, share it up. I yeah. don't mind sharing a piece. There we go. Okay, so, so what was... Oh, God. <laughs> we talked about that in our last... <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what, was, what, was the, what was your experience then in teaching those kids? Like, how, oh. did, you, how did that feel? So, the, it's a private school, so you can imagine that, for one thing. Um, and so the junior highs, it was a lot more specific. I taught uh, sexual fluidity and gender fluidity specifically, uh, using metaphors of food, which they were totally down for. And then I taught um, healthy relationships. So it was like base, it was pretty foundation based. Oh, I'm switching it up. I, yeah, there we go. I am so curious about this. So wait, you were teaching grade six to grade 12, you said? Yeah, so grade six to grade uh, eight got very structured lessons. Okay. Yeah. And then the grade 9s to 12s got, I did a survey monkey. That's how friggin, um, that's how uh, official this was. I did a survey monkey, sent it out to the students, and I said, what do you want to learn about? And I gave them oh, a bunch cool. of categories. Yeah. Because I can, I, can, I can roll. I can roll. Yeah. What do they want to learn about? <laughs> I can roll. So they chose consent. Wait, what grade chose consent? Uh, all, 9 to 12. Oh, wow. Yeah, the 9 to 12. They kids. wanted to know consent and communication, and it was tied neck and neck for desire and pleasure. Okay. So those were the two things that they got. <laughs> those are and, two very important things right. to learn about as a kid coming up into your sexuality. Right. And the nurse, uh, the nurse did her thing with them as well, but it was much more health-based, like use condoms and stuff. Mine was way more fun. Like I got to, so I showed them the tea video. Who knows the tea video? Consent and tea. Like they love that. The clean. What's that? Yeah, I don't know what that is. What? Oh, I do know what that is. Yes. Consent and what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick, uh, uh, it was, oh, yes. Oh, oh such a good metaphor. It's great. Metaphor for consent on tea, like drinking tea. What kind of tea do you like? Like yeah. you have a guest over, you offer them tea. They say, yes, they would like some tea. You put the kettle on. They, yeah. and they, they pass end up falling out. asleep. Don't fucking give them and tea. Don't wake them up for tea. <laughs> right. Don't yeah, right. wake them up for tea. So I started with no that. They no longer consent for tea. Yeah, so I started with that. And then um, I also showed like a, a little more like exploratory, explaining kind of video around how to actually ask for consent and how to enthusiastically give your consent and what it doesn't look like and that sort of thing. So that was basically covered. And then, <laughs> um, so this is a multicultural school. I should really capitalize on that. So while some students were just like super excited and like, there were other kids that were like, 
totally my parents would yeah. not want me to watch right this right and now. there's no need for permission um because uh it's a private school and it's a boarding school so their parents aren't around what's up and so <laughs> um so i talked about desire and pleasure and consent but in a way that's like how do you consent to what you don't know you don't like so touch yourself, kids. And they were just like, what the fuck? So I gave them, I wasn't a how-to guide. This would have been awesome. Yeah, it wasn't a how-to guide, but it was like, I, I differentiated between desire, arousal, and pleasure. And then I was like, so, you know, and I talked about porn addiction as well. I think that's really important for kids coming up because if I had the brain space to do another thesis, it would be on the effects of porn as sex ed. Because I do believe that that's what's happening nowadays. Um, and not all assholes look like that. I can tell you that. Like, yeah. yeah. So I talked a little bit about that. And then I said, porn is great to find out things. Like if you're into, you know, uh, hentai, 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 hentai. Um, tomato, I, tomato. That was the first time I've ever seen it. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, and you're if you're into that, like, you're not going to know unless you see it. Like, you have to expose yourself to these different things. So mm. I talked about the, the resources that they have to explore. There are books. There are stores. There are, you know, obviously you can go to porn. You can have conversations with your friends and try it. But then I also talked about, like, the emotional toll it can take. So I said, check in with yourself first. Think about what you've learned about sex. Like, what are the messages you've received about sex? How does it make you feel about exploring it? And then when you try things, I need you to check back in with yourself and see what's going on there. See, what's great about this is that this is, a, this is a, uh, an important and crucial and beautiful lesson for um, children in, in grades 9 to 12. Mm-hmm. But I honestly think that this is like one of those things that you could say to a group of adults sitting at the yeah. Stubborn Goat on a Tuesday night. Yeah. All and right, also kids. have like a good majority of them go, yeah, yeah, that's a fucking good point. Like, because that it, it is a really good point. It's one of those things that we don't, I don't think that we, I haven't been taught that. Right. I wasn't fucking taught that. And I can guarantee you that most, most people us. in this room, in this building, have not been taught that. Right. And I, when you're speaking this to me, I'm sitting here going, yeah. Like, that's how I, that's how I realized I really like, sp- I mean, I heard Sue Johansson talking about spit and it made me, <laughs> you know tingle a little right but then it wasn't until someone was like spit in my mouth that i was like oh my god (laughs) okay and then did it and got off on it right and then afterwards was like okay why like what was that why did that turn me on i never ever i never would have thought that that would have been a thing i would have been into until it was something that i decided to try because someone asked and then i tried it Mm -hmm. and then thought about it afterwards yeah you know it's huge like there's like, I, I'd say the brain is the biggest sexual organ, for sure. Hands down. I don't care how Woo! big di- how big your dick is. Your brain is still bigger, likely. <laughs> if it's not, then come talk to me. I've got some <laughs> huge nipples, That's though. That's impressive. So like, oh, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I can barely see I, I, Yeah, I was, was going to say, You're I saw you at Polyfest. Yeah. What are we talking about? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I just, I really, because after that, I ended up counseling a lot of kids one-on-one on what they learned about sex. And a lot of them had gone to Catholic schools ahead of time. And um, just the things they thought were true about sex were absolutely terrifying. Mm. So they were going into their sexual encounters hoping that it wasn't that, but had no idea. And so I, if we expect other people to deliver our sexual pleasure without knowing what's, what we like, that it's, it's almost irresponsible, I yeah. think to expect other people to know what to do to our own bodies if we haven't touched them ourselves, if we haven't talked to other people about what they like, and they, you, we just go in and we expect 
like in a lot of cases, a girl going into a, a male encounter and being like, you have a penis, you know what to do with that, right? Uh, and then when it's done, being like, did I like that? Yeah, that's I don't it. Know. That's that, what that, all that this fuss is about. Right. Instead of knowing like whether or not that's something they're into with, without even exploring, like, I'm all for penetration, don't get me wrong, but I'm way more for other things. Like all the things that happened before and after that. Like that's, and it took me a long time to get to know that. Because what was gi- the script that was given was penis, vagina, done. Mash them together. Yeah. Beautiful. And that might make like, babies. <laughs> you might, yes. So and you might get not to. syphilis. So, yeah. Yeah. Syphilis. <laughs> syphilis, yes. It was, yeah, scary times back then. So, yeah, I just, I think for me, the, the biggest part was the mental part because I think there's a lot of trauma happening in sexuality and right. it, it sets people up to have scary experiences later. Yeah. Yeah. Was there, was there much talk about anal? Oh, okay. With these kids? So, <laughs> surprisingly, yes. Um, so, I, d- um, I did them in, I had them in groups. So, I had the 9, 10s, the 11s, and the 12s together. So, this was 60 kids in a room and me. So, you can imagine what that's like. And they're just bouncing off the walls. So, I did the anonymous sex question box. So you, who remembers the anonymous sex question box? Yes. So, I did that. And I didn't touch on anal at all. At all. The grade 9 and 10s had so many questions about anal. And I apologized at the end. I was like, I'm sorry. This didn't come up in my mind at all as a topic. But a lot of them were quite interested in it. So that was really cool. At, do you think that has anything to do with, like, uh, we know that we can have anal sex and it's, I'm not going to get pregnant? I'm, like, that seems to me to be a reasonable... Yeah. God doesn't mind. <laughs> I mean, it, it could for sure, but it could also, I think maybe porn is going that way too. Like porn is so prevalent now. Like they could also have asked like, if I fuck somebody's toes, you know, and I wouldn't have been surprised by that at all because there's a lot of foot fucking going on in porn right now. Okay. Yeah. Like there's a lot of. Is that an actual, like literally there's a lot of foot fucking happening yeah. in porn Foot licking. Right Did you not fucking. see the vajankle variety? <laughs> oh God. There's a ton of foot fucking going on. Yeah. It's on Amazon. Okay. It's on, yeah. Okay. Twenty nine ninety nine. Something you just re- just said, and I have a question about it, um, is the difference between desire and arousal. Right. Um, there is a difference, and we were talking about it before the show, trying to figure out the difference because yeah. you know we talked about this uh, these researches being done by Canadian scientists and sexual experts about female desire versus female arousal mm-hmm. and the problem the disconnect the disconnect between disconnect, the two yeah. so what what can you speak to that yeah so arousal is a physiological state so that's what your body when you get the tingles when you get wet when you get hard that's arousal uh desire is when you're actually thinking about the things that um get you excited so when you fantasize or when you like think about coming home to your sweetheart and thinking about them in an apron and you're like oh yeah clean the floor for me and that gets you going like that can there are two very different things arousal or arousal is more in the pants or in the head as I like to say arousal's in the head and desires in the head if you know what I mean so um so those two things are very different and with women in Dr. Shivers research which I touched on in my thesis Shivers is spelled with a ch by the way if you want to look up her work yeah Dr. Shivers She's a it's Canadian. Such a good name for a Canadian. sexual researcher. Yeah. yeah, she's Canadian. She, yeah, she's based out of Ontario. Um, Guelph. She did her undergrad at Guelph. Um, so, yeah, uh, there's the, the kind of like TLDR about that is 
women have no fucking idea what they're aroused what makes them aroused this like discordance where we say we know what yeah. arouses us but our bodies are actually like a physical response is completely right well what wasn't wasn't there like within her studies there was a i and correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't there a thing where she had women uh, sit down with these like electrodes, these measurement Photo tools. Photoplethysmograph. What? Say Sorry, that again? can you say that? Photoplethysmograph. Photo you could say that with your mouth on a vagina, and it would probably bring you orgasm right away. In, in the vagina. In the vagina. In the vagina. And this thing was meant to 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 measure the stimulation or the or the blood flow to the vagina. And what they did, what she did, was she would show them uh, videos of. Bonobos? No, all kinds of things. All too. kinds of things. Yeah. So it was women having sex, men having sex, man walking naked, woman walking naked, bonobos having sex. Bonobos and are then, monkeys, basically. Yeah. And then like mountain scenes, river scenes, like more neutral stimuli. Right. So men going in would be like, I know what gets me hard. It's going to be the girl sucking the guy off. It's going to be you know two girls having sex, bonobos maybe, um, but nothing else. And they were right. Like the only things that made them aroused were the things that they knew that were going to make them aroused. Whereas women were like, yeah, I, like, I think I like the straight stuff. That's, that's about it. And then they were aroused a little bit to everything, almost everything. Right. Or just like a little bit of here, a little bit there. But they, they were like, no, I wasn't aroused to that, um, which is super interesting. They um, say they weren't, but, but their vagina were. was going, uh, but I'm I am. ready. Yeah. yeah. Right. So right. what does that mean? I, I think it... Well, we with, don't know yet. No, I think. Well, we talked about this in, our, in uh, my sexual fluidity episode with you guys a little bit, where guys' dicks are literally there. They know when they're aroused. They right. can like they're like, and neuroplasticity is an amazing thing where your brain connects the stimuli to the uh, the actual arousal and like remembers that. Where ours is invisible. Like I, I well, I have a vagina. Full disclosure, and so I don't know when I'm aroused all the time because it can be just a little bit and I may not actually... Clue in. Yeah, yeah sure. I may not, absolutely. There are some times I absolutely know and I'm like, game on. But there are some times where I'm like, maybe? Like if Isn't you asked me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. weird? Sometimes somebody was just... Somebody in the audience was just telling me about how they saw this article of clothing and try, and, and, and were, was like, had it like a... Like a like a sexual response to it, and I was like, "You got to buy that." But didn't. Well, you say that, that like I, I mean, I know we're we're now pointing at Becca <laughs> and talking about Becca. <laughs> right there, she's right, right there, there in the front row. Right <laughs> I don't there, know if you can see her. Know. And like, like she's right it, there. I, it, it happens all the time. We're like, I'll, I'll like do something very. I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm fucking calling you, up, but I, but it, it makes sense. I'll do something very like. Um, uh, minor, inconspicuous, or just like nothing, nothing, not a big deal. And then Becca will be like, "Ooh, that made my vagina tingle." And, right. I'm like, and my response is, "What, really?" But that's like, a thing too. You just going like, like busting the scat, and she's like, "Ooh." And I'm like, "Oh, that." So that's like women are more able to be sexually fluid, which means they can have more. Um, things that get them going. We can. Like, we're by design. Interesting. But I think you can also tap into that. Like, I think women who... That's why I made it so important for people to check in with what they knew about themselves sexually before they right. had sex. Because I was like, if you make that connection, you're a way more sexually powerful being. Mm. And you're going to benefit so much more from all the encounters you have. So, Becca is, you know, benefiting She's from being that in touch woke. with her. You're woke folks. as fuck. That yeah. pussy is woke. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
All right, well, 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 wait. Um, like thing about uh, this, this study that that was like here take this home here's a homework assignment it's like measure yourself for a weekend on a scale of one to ten on your arousal and measure yourself on a scale of one to ten on your what was the other one desire desire so the times if you can like you know I'm always telling yoga students like drop into your body like recognize you have these these this gear and recognize when it's like aroused give it a scale of one to ten and then your desire like how much do you want a sexual encounter on a scale of one to ten and the, the example it gave was like man wakes up with a heart on his level of arousal is like maybe a nine or a ten mm. but he also has like dry breath from smoking too much weed and drinking too much beer his level of d- desire is like a three. But if you can clock those things and start to see this like yeah, wave-like pattern, you kind of can differentiate between the two and get to know yourself on a, like a more intimate Ooh. level and also you know, get to uh, um, capitalize on your highs and your lows and be able to communicate more authentically, which yeah. is very sexy and, yes. you know, more honestly yeah. about where you're at. Like, I know this is one thing that, that comes up time and time again is the idea of scheduling sex being super unsexy. But, like, nah. If you can say, nah. if you can say, like, I know reliably my time of day is 2 p.m., just like throwing that number out there. That's not like personal or anything. Um, 2 p.m., to 1 to 3, if you want to like <laughs> give it some boundaries. And I know that what I need is just like someone to walk in and make it happen. Then I can state that. And that is yeah, like, sure. I know that that's reliable. And then, and then that leads to more satisfying sex in the Ooh. end. The better you know your, your rhythms, I would say the more reliable your satisfaction from sex is going to be. The better yeah. off you are. But yeah. I, I just want to mention, just a caveat and really quickly, there are people who have had sexual assault and, um, or folks that are trans as well who don't connect with their, their gear, right? So we have to keep in mind that those folks may not want to tap into that, and that's mm. completely okay. Mm. That's just a Pride Month caveat I think that's well. super uh, important, too. To, one of the things that I remember reading about that is, like, the... the um, trigger warning sexual assault victims like having uh, arousal response their body responds yeah, in a way evolutionarily says, to protect them to protect from, them yeah. exactly yeah. and then that's very confusing mm-hmm. for yeah. people who have yeah. got, been through those experiences like well I, I you know I still got wet and I still orgasm so what does that say yeah. and you're like nah it's okay it's your body it's evolution and it's preparing you for right. to, to f- incur the least amount of damage as possible right. physically mm. right yeah. Okay, so we're coming up to time here. Right. Before we do, what I want to do is, uh, since you're going into sex therapy, we've got one brain boner that I feel like your, uh, your expertise, your chiming in, would be far more effective than Bridie and I. Uh, someone had wrote this, wrote this into us uh, this week, I think like Couple yesterday? Days ago. No, June 22nd. Two days ago? June 22nd. I don't know what date. Whatever that was. Yeah. So, Bridie, you Who read away. time to Four days ago. And okay. Tia, uh, time's a construct, everybody. <laughs> Tia, uh, you listen in and then give your best response to this, uh, this woman's 
uh, predicament. Okay. Uh, longtime fan here from the West Coast. Got a lady brain boner Coming that I could you. use some perspective on. I am so undeniably, unbelievably attracted to my boss. It literally drives me crazy all day. I don't know what to do. A little about the situation. I'm 26, single, live alone, and I work as a landscaper. I started this career three or four months ago by meeting my new by meeting my now boss through a mutual friend. I love the job and I've done very well. I actually have my own client list now that I deal with. 50% of the time I'm working for my own clients. The other 50% I'm working beside him. He's 50. Not that that matters to me. In a long-term relationship slash blended family situation. I don't want to hurt anyone. Not him and definitely not his girlfriend. I've never met her before, but he's with her so I know she's probably awesome. I've been cheated on before, and it's garbage. I don't want that for her. So I'm at a loss. I know the responsible and mature thing to do would be to leave it alone and do nothing, but oh, period, oh, period, my period, God. I find him almost irresistible. When I'm around him, I get so excited. I feel my legs tighten, tingles, flood my body, and the urge to bite my lip is almost unbearable. I have had multiple sex dreams about him. This is not my email. Um, (laughs) I think about him when I touch myself. I want to please him so badly. My greatest attraction is older men with authority. I crave DDLG arrangements, Jernos. The other day, he handed me some cash he owed me, and I literally almost said, thank you, Daddy. Oh, my God. What do I do? (laughs) Sometimes I catch him looking at me, and when we talk face-to-face, I often watch his attention shift from my eyes to my mouth. I make him laugh all the time. We obviously get along great. I think he wants me to. Ah, this is torture. Part of me wants to tell him that I had to dream about him. Nothing about my feelings, just about the dream. And at the very least, I'm sure he'd be flattered, right? I know I'd be flattered if anyone told me the same, or maybe he'd be so into it that he'd speak with his girlfriend and they'd invite me into the bedroom together. It's a long shot, but who knows? Trying to stay optimistic. What are your thoughts? What should I do? Holy moly. All right, wait. Let me. Let let, let's do this first. Anyone had that feeling for their boss before? One person, two people. Okay. Anybody they got some daddy bosses out there? Yeah. yeah. Well, let, let me say it this way. Real simple, like, who thinks she should just fucking go for it? Round of applause. Hey, hey, hey. Who You're thinks she hell. should just <laughs> keep it to herself? Round of applause. Who thinks it's far more complicated than all that? Ah, it is complicated. That's tough. That's fucking That's tough. Really tough. Yeah. Like, if I were counseling her, like, there's a lot of things that come through there. So, like, the first thing is the values that she has are really strong around, like, being cheated on yeah. and not wanting to do that. Yeah. So there are a lot of ways around that. Like she said, they might invite me. That, like, that, depending on how long they've been together, that could be exactly what they fucking need. You never right? know. Yeah. Right? So there is a benefit there, for sure. Um, and she also mentioned, like, part of me wants to just tell him that I dreamt about him, and I would explore that and be like, well, 
what is it that you want out of that conversation? Because yeah. that's really interesting. Um, I don't know what like you think might happen from that. So those are some things I'd want to like kind of dig into a little bit. Um, I think, does anybody think she should, like, fantasize about him and, yeah. like, get off to him? I think Thoughts that's okay. Sure. So that's tricky because, ah. as I mentioned, neuroplasticity is a bitch. It's a bitch. Ah, so if she gets off to ah. thoughts of him uh, all the time, it's, it's going to it's gonna increase that right. desire. Yeah. Right. And she's more likely to call him daddy by accident, especially if she's doing Which it. Which would so. be so great for the show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If she did so that, she calls in, us. let us know, let yeah. us know. And I'm sure, like, there's probably some of that going on. Um, yeah. If she is, to, like, masturbating, I don't know that she is, but if she is, she's probably using that material. We all have material we pick from. We can't just pull that shit out of our asses unless that's a fantasy of yours pulling things <laughs> pulling out of your asses, then the, yeah, sure. Um, so it would be tricky. I am all about, like, the, I would have to know more about her values, how strong they are, um, because there are other older men who are probably very willing to fuck her that are not in a position of power. So ethically, he can't or shouldn't be fucking her because he is in a position of power over her. Um, and if his values are strong, he won't be. But there are some other daddies that will probably love it. So yeah. they're like, go on FetLife, explore that. See if you can get that out of your system with other neutral men that either have a partner and don't give a fuck or that don't have partners. And, you know, explore that fantasy. There's nothing wrong with that fantasy at all. Right. Um, but if your values are saying, I've been cheated on, I know what that feels like, and you give a fuck about the girlfriend's feelings because you're a human and she's a human, good on you. I, I think that's great. And that's kind of what I would use as an anchor. Maybe diddle yourself a little bit here and there, but be careful because that could have some repercussions when you're working on the line. Right, with because him. with neuroscience, correct me if I'm wrong, and you can too in the back, I, we have a neuroscience person in the back, um, that it creates grooves in your brain that release like pleasure chemicals the more you repeat it. Right. And so right. if you have a fantasy that you're repeating over and over, it becomes a reliable source of this like dopamine or what oxytocin or whatever those pleasure chemicals are. So whether it's a sexual fantasy or just anything that you, it could even be like something as um, like, uh, like complaining. If you're a complainer, it can release oxytocin. If well, you if you're a complainer it. and you get what you want out yeah. of complaining, then absolutely, if you get the reward. Right. Yeah. So if you get off to thinking of your boss, chances are you're going to keep on using that because That's it works. That's not going to go away because no. you keep on fantasizing about it. Right. It's not, you're not going to wear that fantasy out. It's going to become like a... Yeah. 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 Uh, that's really super interesting. What do you think about um, calling that person aside and having like a frank conversation and being like... I'm all about that. I'm actually all about that. She, she has to maybe have a second job on hold. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would recommend maybe having another job kind of, you know, uh, prospect. But um, I like if... If that was her goal, if she ultimately ultimately was like, honestly, I don't want any other man, I would uh, I would try to get her to explore other avenues because he is in a position of power. Yeah, and that makes it really fucked up in a and lot of ways. Th th it might not be him; it might be his position. True. Right. right? And then right. she's real screwed. No, like there, like, but th that can be. You can play that. You can play that out. There's a lot of fantasy play that you can do and. Um, and she, if she is willing to give it a try, I would say do that. But if she really can't scratch that itch, having a very open conversation, being like, listen, 
but it could get weird after that. Like yeah. every conversation yeah. that's open could get weird. There's always the potential, but if she thinks it's worth the risk, yeah. then like as a counselor, I would coach her through how that conversation it's would really go. It's really job versus potential very potential out right. there floating in the air satisfaction. Like Threesome. you could yeah. invite her in right. or she could lose her job. Right. I watched a video on Reddit today of these guys. They pulled up into a Tim Hortons uh, drive through and uh, they were like, the guy was like, all right, your total is like 1049. And the guy's like, fuck the total. If you jump into my truck right now, I'll give you two grand. Just hop out of that window straight into my truck. Two grand. And the guy was like, Fuck yeah, man. And he just <laughs> jumped into the thing. And the guy was like, yeah, man, yeah. And they gave him two Gs right there. And they're like, for you if I can get a job tomorrow, man. And he's like, yeah, you're right. And then like, like the spliff. And the guy laid the spliff. And I was like, I was like, yeah, that was sick. So. He's also a man jumping into a truck. That is very different for certain other people. Yeah. So the reason I said that. Bartender, is, we I'm, have a mighty fine I'm, uh, high uh, I'm, I'm glad. Tab. I'm glad that you were here to answer that question because when Bridie read that, the whole time I was going, yeah, like, get, get that daddy. Like, get in there. Get in there. What's up? But then you're like, he, he's in a, power, a place of power. This is really fucked up. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. This is... <laughs> This is bad. Like, don't, I don't get those two Gs. You'll lose your job, bro. I took, I took an ethics the class fuck? in the fall. Like, I'm fresh. Like, yeah. <laughs> fresh. Fresh yeah. on ethics. But that, I think that was a really episode. valuable answer. I think that there's, uh, I think, I hope, I hope that whoever wrote that to us. Um, yeah, let me know how that goes. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, and write us back. Let us know, well, let us know what you do. Man, it takes so much will. It takes so much, some of those Fucking choices are so hard because yeah. your body. Welcome and your... to adulting. Oh, it's so painful. Yeah. Oh, being desire good. versus arousal. Oh. That's it. Versus well, versus values. That's, yeah, yeah. That's and then, well, that's another thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tia, thank you so much you. for coming out tonight. <laughs> Round of applause for. Who would seek Tia out as their sexual counselor oh, yeah. if they were hell in yeah. trouble? Yeah. I'll see you on the West Coast, baby. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it's a sexy coast. Yeah. Uh, Come on, Halifax. Let's pull oh, I'm from here. Y'all are fucking hot as hell. <laughs> yeah. That is it. We, 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 were, we, we went a little bit over time due to oh. some uh, technical difficulties. We were going to open up for a Q&A, but you know what? Fuck that shit. You can always write us in. If you have a brain boner, send it in to us. Turn me on podcast at gmail.com. We'll read it on the podcast. You can always send it in anonymously as well. Uh, I want to say thank you to Stubborn Goat. Thank you, I want to say Goat. thank you to Atlantic Livestream. Thank you, Atlantic Livestream. My new boyfriend. And thank all of you. Thank you, Halifax. We fucking love you. That is it for this week. Until next week. Go fuck yourself.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.